So is Israel technically part of the Middle East? I'm confused with all of all of the stuff that's going on. Trump lately. is going to redo the maps, and <laughs> it will now be its own thing, separate from the Middle East. It's going to be Mar-a-Lago East. Yes, that's it's right. E- it's easy to establish peace when you just take it out of the Middle East. Yeah, right? that's right. Uh, take it out. I hadn't thought about that. Easier way to have peace in the Middle East. That's he did there Jared's job for him. He'll redefine geography. <laughs> <laughs> it's just redistricting more mm-hmm. than anything. Uh, welcome back, guys. Um, our our Phil is out today. It's his birthday. It is Phil's birthday. Happy birthday, Phil. Although, I don't know. He's not here because it's his birthday. So yeah, He's a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope you're enjoying your birthday day, and uh, we'll see you next week, Phil. But we have Shauna back, which Hello. is great. Yes, Hello. Dr. Shauna Rohrman, uh, Assistant Professor of Sociology here at North Central College. Expert in all things quantitative analysis. Yeah, let's have an exciting discussion about <laughs> hypothesis testing. Yeah. Right? Let's do that. Um, different kind of crazy week. This, it was. This, this week. Less overt scandal and drama as opposed to um, not knowing geography and um, very uncomfortable pictures. <laughs> well, I think some of that is because... And dancing. And dancing. Right, and dancing. With swords. Sword, sword, dancing. sword dancing. We gotta talk sword That's dancing. That's not a metaphor Fun. for something. Yeah. <laughs> Creepy pictures with their hands over the globe. But, yes, the orb. Yes. <laughs> well, I think, it, I think it helps Donald Trump when he's out of the country. Uh, yes. I mean, he, it's, he is... He's, I will say, he's okay at being head of state. You know, when he has that role where he just has to show up and shake hands and... He's better at that than a lot of I other things. I think that's what he thought the job was. Well, yeah. right. And so right? he's pretty, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So when he was in, he went to Saudi Arabia, Israel, and today with, with the Pope. But, yeah, I mean, I thought I thought this was a fairly successful image for him. Relatively speaking. Right. Yeah. Yes. No, I, I think there's a lot of things we can, can critique him on. Yeah. You know, he was solid. I don't know. What did you guys think? I wonder if... All right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he basically was able to, like, not make a disaster out of anything and like not put his foot in his mouth for yeah. the most part except for the whole islamist islamic thing right yes. i don't know if you caught that but here's what i wonder like he seems to be getting a lot of criticism for the bowing or whatever right? right like all of these things that he was so tough on in his campaign was he full of shit or is yeah. he sort yes. of like being diplomatic mm-hmm. is he being very good at being diplomatic and like talking a big game when he gets home or was he saying all of those things knowing full well, like, this is never going to happen. This is how I have to talk to get elected. And then I'm going to, like, sort of toe the line. You're talking about his speech that he gave in Saudi Arabia, the yeah, one on Islam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, that's, it's a great question. I think some of it was that he had he had to shift. You can't go to yeah. Saudi Arabia. No, I know that. that but, no. like, are his, are his supporters going to be oh, yes. upset with that, right? <laughs> that he's not, like... I don't know, ballsy enough or something. I, you know, that's a good question. I didn't see anything out of Breitbart whether there was pushback on that. I mean, Bannon was part of that mm-hmm. effort. Steve Miller uh, was part of writing the speech. But you did see, so the more, I would, would call the adults in the room, McMaster <laughs> and this Nina Powell who's uh, who's been helping out a lot and Jared as well. They're, they're softening that message. I mean, that was... It wasn't all that different from a speech that Barack Obama could have given right. to the Middle East, right? No. I mean, it was it... he. I mean, the only not contentious, but uh, a somewhat placating the base was when he was continuously saying that the nations of the Middle East need to take responsibility and mm-hmm. not wait yeah. for the United States to solve their problems for yeah. them, yeah. which I think is probably along the lines of what his base would want. You know, in this 
current situation. You, you know who else might have oh. made that same speech? Hmm? Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that, that more hawkish. Uh, but nobody wanted to see her. But no, well, but I will say this. <laughs> if you're going to do a tour, these at least the first two stops, Saudi Arabia and Israel, those they're softballs, right? Saudi Arabia loved Trump. I mean, there's, there's so much in common between him and the Saudi family. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Israel. They were happy to see him, mostly because he wasn't Barack Obama. Yeah. Both Saudi Arabia and Israel were tired of Obama, right. uh, tired of the criticism that he, he put forward for Saudi Arabia. Mm. Uh, Netanyahu couldn't stand him. So I think both both places were pretty happy to have Trump show up. Yeah. You're, you're not buying it. No, I mean, I think you're probably right. I, I, I don't know. I just... What else can he do? He has no other option than to than to be diplomatic. And I, I, I'm curious... About the behind the scenes, like what kind of prep went into, okay, we know you hate Muslim people, so here's how you have to act when you, like how much of that, how much behind the scenes sort of training, if you will, was there for him to not act like a total moron? It sounds like Jared Kushner was do. this was like months in developing and he was doing all of this because it all went so smoothly. Yeah. Yeah. It so had, good job for them. Right. They handled they handled one they foreign trip <laughs> well, <laughs> and yeah, and other than a few gaffes, he did he did well. There um, were some good gaffes though. Yes, they were. Some what was good what was your ones. favorite gaff, Nick? I, I like realistically, um, we were talking about a bunch of them. I just like the memes coming out of yeah. uh, when he went to um, the Wailing Wall. Yes. <laughs> is this its vagina? <laughs> who built you? Or no, who paid for you? Right. But the other one was, I'm going to build you a brother. Oh, yes. Before we went on air, we were talking about his comment with Netanyahu afterwards, uh, where he was he was mentioning that he didn't use the word Israel. Um, and, and then the optics of that were really fascinating, because basically the reporters were starting to leave the room, and Netanyahu had said something to the effect that, oh, intelligence sharing is great, relationship is wonderful. I mean, just a common thing. And then Trump, it popped into his head like, I'm going to bring everybody back in. <laughs> and I'm going to point out that I never mentioned the word Israel when I was leaking Israeli intelligence to the Russians. Right? That, that, I don't know. That, oh. And Netanyahu's <laughs> face was great. It was just like, oh, come on, man. We've done so well. That's the thing. Like, again, and it, it wasn't over. It was just these little things. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's it was cringeworthy is what it was. You just go, oh, God, like, like two minutes more prep, like, prior to this meeting, you probably would have been okay. He just strikes me. I mean, it, it's so obvious. He's somebody who, A, has, has had total control over everybody who's ever worked under him. Mm-hmm. So he can't handle people having independent authority, right? And two, he's never had to watch what he said. So mm-hmm. he just literally has no filter. <laughs> and the That's presidency is so scripted. Film. I mean, these meetings, everything is scripted down to the, like, the last movement. Yeah, and, and then he, he goes off. Right, he does well for 90% of it, and then he just thinks, I'm, I can I can really wrap this up well. <laughs> Let me add my, I just want to add my personality, my flair yeah. to the situation. <laughs> he was exhausted. It was it a couple days that in. That was the thing. Go, All right, so Jared was either training him really well, or they Xanaxed him severely. Because yeah. um, the reports were, like a day in, he was exhausted yeah. and completely spent. And which was hilarious when they were comparing it to what he was saying uh, when Obama did his first um, mm-hmm. foreign trip and how he was lambasting him for right. looking exhausted and he should be there. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's 70. Oh, that's right? a good yeah. 70, though. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's, he's 
He's spry. He's spry. Yeah. <laughs> so if he struggles, so those of you, you know, when you travel, flying to Europe, usually you can adjust. It's the coming home. Yeah. And actually, Suzanne and I, Suzanne Chad and I were talking earlier this week that we can't wait until he gets back. Oh, God. Because when you get, when you fly back from Europe, it's like days. Jet lagged Yeah. Even when you're young, it hits you. And so... <laughs> I would say they should either keep him away from the microphone for a couple days or do something because that could be that could be fun to watch. <laughs> um, when does he come back? When's the trip over? Is he going anywhere after the Vatican? Yes, he's he's actually in Belgium for I'm not sure I don't know if that's NATO. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he's back to Rome for G7 or G7 NATO. I can't remember what, what he's doing those meetings. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Is this going to be where he tells NATO we're out? <laughs> well, they, they have. There was this, these rumors going around that all the NATO secretaries, whoever was going to speak, was going to keep their comments like short, like minutes, uh, because they thought well, he's not going to pay attention. That'll be interesting, considering what the NATO chief and, and staff members have been saying about him and his twelve-second attention span. Yeah, and right. whatnot. And well, and I, his national security people are putting his name in as many paragraphs as they can right. because that's so the only way to keep his keep attention. his attention. Right. I mean, you were, Shawnee, you were bringing up the issue of the speech and, like, how he moderated. I don't think it would be the same thing with NATO. He'll go in there, and I, I think he'll say everything that he's supposed to say. He'll right. say NATO is important. It's great. We want to stick with it. Um, that one thing at the end. Right. But his bark is bigger than his bite. So, like, when he campaigns and when he says all this stuff at home, it's totally separate from when his administrator or his assistants get him in the room and say, you can't say stuff like that. So I don't know if I, like... I mean, if I'm a if I'm somebody who votes for him, I might be mad that he's not being this authentic person, right? I think what you yeah. see here and what he has always discounted is the power of the institution, right? There yes. are so many people in this institution to ensure that it performs the way that it's supposed to, and he's one person who can do a lot of damage, but I think when he was I hope he realizes now when I'm criticizing other politicians for sort of like not uh, going outside the system or bucking the trend or whatever, well, that's because you really can't. Right. You have so many people around you who are going to make sure you do the thing you're supposed to do. You don't really have a lot of control. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's... I, that's a great question, whether there's going to be pushback from the far right, uh, for, or I should say his supporters on this. I haven't seen much. I, I haven't either. I haven't heard one word. Mm-mm. Nothing. Yeah, and maybe they're just content to say this is a difficult situation for him, let him get him through, you know, give him a pass on this. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I think at this point he's gone for... <laughs> everything I hear is that they're fever, feverishly working to try and get some legislative tasks accomplished while he's gone. Is that like partying set up. on the balcony? Does that include partying on the balcony <laughs> of course. at the EEOB? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Why not? Just curious. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like obviously they, ha- not obviously, but perhaps they're quiet because he's doing some of the things that they criticized Obama for. They can't yeah. write the bowing. Like they can't. How, uh, they're just yeah. He didn't. Maybe hold. they're trying to avoid appearing hypocritical. Right, and, the, and some of the visuals were over the top. I mean, there was the sword thing, there was the orb thing. My although maybe my favorite was they had I don't know if you saw the Steve Bannon shot where they were doing all the dancing, and and Steve Bannon is kind of alone, surrounded by Saudi. Oh yeah, and yeah. he's like and has just, like a look of fear right. on his face. It's like they probably know what I've said about them, right? <laughs> so. Like he's in Aladdin, and they're like coming to get him, right? <laughs> so, this had to be hard for Steve Bannon because you know I, I get the sense that within the administration, most are moving in one direction, and Steve Bannon is clinging to his 
to his position, but I don't think he's getting the same support that he once did. Uh, I'm I'm shocked that he's still there. To be perfectly yeah. honest, well, he left. He's not in he's not in Italy right now. Yes, that's right. Yet. Oh, I'm saying in the administration. In the, you know, I know what you yeah. mean, but he left. So I was reading that some people are saying maybe it's because he's been so critical of the Pope. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, but he hates Muslims, so I don't know why he would go to Saudi Arabia. You know, like I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what his <laughs> so, reason is for so, leaving. He, yeah, makes sense. But he was really critical. <laughs> of the Pope. He hates Jews, right? He hates Jews. Is yeah, that I fair think, to say? Yeah. Yeah, this probably this was a tough trip for him. I bet. Um, Lots yeah. of difference. Lots of difference. <laughs> it's, like, it's like kids in an intro to sociology class just opening up their eyes. Uh, so the Pope visit. Um, yeah. I, I, I sent Nick probably six <laughs> pictures of, of Trump and the Pope. And I tried to find a picture of the Pope smiling next to Trump. It's hard. So, and not to discount that, yeah. Yeah, I, obviously they don't see eye to eye on pretty much anything, right. but the reports that I got are, are that the initial meeting that they had with all the press present, the Pope doesn't really like to have a lot of interaction with whoever he's meeting with in those initial moments, and then once it was behind closed doors and there was a smaller media presence, he was more open and smiling and talking to Melania yeah. and, and all that. <laughs> Having said that... It looked like the most uncomfortable situation <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. I'm waiting for Pete Souza to put an Instagram picture up of like a smiling Pope next to Barack Obama because he has. Oh, been... it's it's up. Those, it is. Yeah, up those there. are already up. Yeah, okay, I don't I know. If, go... I don't know if it was there, but there, I, there were a bunch of those visuals. He's been my favorite person to follow. <laughs> There's one one little video that I saw where when the Pope was meeting Melania, he asks her what what she's been feeding Trump. Is this some mm. kind of like. Um, Pull it, like where is she from, or something, some yeah. kind of like pastry or something. Right. <laughs> so, so they have this nice little interaction, and, and the Pope is smiling. Yes, there's Obama and Pope smiling. So the Pope is smiling at Melania, and then he turns to to Trump, and the minute his eyes hit Trump, like he just stops smiling. Right? <laughs> no, him and Melania feel the same way because that's like at the inauguration when 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 Pope when Trump turned around to look at her, she smiled, and then he turns his head, mm-hmm. and her face just like melts off of her body. She's. She has pushed... And the hand slaps? The ha- there have been yeah, multiple just, hand yeah. slaps this so week, good. yes. Um, so is that... I, I'm I'm confused on what to think about that. Is it don't touch me? I, I don't know if it's don't touch me or don't look like like you're a child trying to hold my hand in front of world <laughs> leaders. Get the fuck away. I, I can't tell which one it is. It's, it's, we, yeah, you have to be careful not to overreact to it. Because right, right. there's all these little moments. It could have been that they were having a bad day and she was mad at him. Right? I mean, that, which happens every, to have a bad day. <laughs> right. Well, the president, every moment is watched. But mm. that was a great one where she was like, uh-uh, it's oh, not happening. All the things to catch. It's if she writes terrible. a book, you know, Trump at some point will have somebody write a book for him. And that will right. sell. But Melania's book would be even better. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So Pope Trump. It sounds like it was a productive interaction, like the conversation was good. The Pope is political in the sense that he knows... Yes, it didn't turn into a fist fight, No, that's what you're saying. And, and you couldn't, like you were saying earlier, you couldn't have two more opposed views. I mean, he is, he's, he's tolerant, he's humble, you know, he's not brash, he's, you know, supportive of immigration and poverty, and Trump is kind of the opposite of that. Well, I, the Pope gave him, I think it was his encyclical and something else related to... Um, you know, capitalism and globalism and climate change. And yeah, Trump's that's right. response was something along the lines of, uh, thanks, I'll read it. He's not going to read it. No, he's, he's not going to read it. Not I'll read take it. everything that you've said, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. One of the cardinals told him not to pull out of the Paris Accord. Hmm, I didn't hear about that. And then, yeah, the Pope gives him the essay on 
his 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 essay or speech or whatever on it uh, on um, saving the environment mm-hmm. um, and the olive branch. I will say Trump does seem to learn from each meeting that he has. Yes, don't you don't you think? Yes, because yes. he's stupid. Yes, but um... <laughs> because there is so much empty space right. to fill. But there's a difference between but he's filling it. With right. Stuff. Yeah, a... I mean, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. I will say uh, good it, for him. It feels. I don't know. I don't know if it's authentic or not. But it does seem that when he has these interactions, like when he meets with. You know, the Chinese president, he comes away and says, you know what, North Korea is way more complicated than I thought it was. And so maybe he comes away from the Pope, and the Pope might have been strategic to say, I'm going to hit him with climate change, I'm going to hit him with peace, Uh, and maybe maybe we have an enlightened Trump. Maybe, except I don't want my president learning on the job. Like, Oh, no, I agree I with mean, that. learning yeah. on the job is something that they're going to do because nobody, like, they've never done mm-hmm. it before. I don't want him learning shit like this while he's doing it. I don't want him to be, like, having a come to Jesus every five minutes. Like, you should know what the hell you're doing before you get there. Nobody, I, I'm not going to disagree with that. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's great, but it would be great if he had, I don't know, a more nuanced understanding of anything before he started the job. Sure. I think that's the personality, though, because realistically, I mean, Obama didn't have a tremendous amount of... Uh, mm, right. Yeah, I, I, of experience. And I don't think anybody can have the kind of experience no, that you everybody's need to in that the job. United States. I think, it's, I think it's his brash, I don't give a shit personality. He doesn't feel like he needs to know that. Until he does. And then he does, and now he's going to learn from it. I mean, I think here is where you really see, right, people talked a lot about how Hillary Clinton was the most qualified person to run for president, like, ever. Maybe you don't agree with that. You Uh have a face (laughs) happening, but I I'm trying not to spit my beer out. (laughs) I think here is where you see exactly what people are talking about, because absolutely Barack Obama was relatively inexperienced when he started. Absolutely Trump has no experience in politics. For Hillary Clinton, a lot of this is not learning on the ground. Like, she has done a, a variety of things that would have prepared her in a way that Trump was not prepared. So, mm-hmm. I mean, at the very least, you could... I yeah, mean, I'd yeah, give right? you that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to push you to say that she'd be better or best or anything like that. But mm. certainly more knowledgeable. Uh, you know, I, along those, you brought up the comparison of Trump and Obama. So they visited the Holocaust Museum, and they each wrote notes. Oh, God, the note. Uh, the, note. the note. All right, so the note no. from Donald Trump. Uh, in in Israel? Yes. Okay. Uh, it is a great honor to be here with all of my friends. So amazing and will never forget! Exclamation point. Donald Trump. Are you was fucking a, kidding not, me? He no, was not signing kidding. a yearbook. Yes. And <laughs> they... Obama's note? Uh, it was longer. <laughs> Let me see if I can I'm see. glad to be here with all of my friends. Yep. Um, Obama's is too long. And nothing long. about the like the actual Holocaust. He said, "Never forget!" Exclamation point. <laughs> Obama's is too long to read, and it is thoughtful. It it, it it it's it captures that contrast between. He wrote something so long that it's not. Well, it's it's. I can't pull it up, Nick. I was yeah, trying to find. Yeah, but I mean, this, space. This echoes what like <laughs> this is sort of academic. off topic. But when Trump went to the African American Smithsonian, yeah. He like walked by. There's an exhibit of like all the slave ships. There, I mean, it's it, it, every slave ship with the number of people who boarded it and the number of people who died on it, mm. and it's forever. And he's like, "Yeah, this is real bad." I mean, that's paraphrasing, but not much. Yeah. He it, he just broke it down to you know the the core sure, component. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. So. I'll just, okay, I found Obama's comments. I'll just read parts of it. Uh, 
this is when Obama visited the museum. At, at, a, at a time of great peril and promise, war and strife, we are blessed to have such a powerful reminder of man's potential for great evil. Snore. <laughs> Let our children come here and know this history so that they can address, add their voices, and proclaim never again. I mean, and it goes on. I mean, that, Nerd. But, oh, yes. <laughs> so, but there's, there's something there. I'm so glad um, I could come here with my friends with a Z at the end. Yes. Uh, <laughs> And Trump was tweeting this afternoon, and uh, uh, there's a couple of them. I'll read one. Uh, Israel, Saudi Arabia, and the Middle East were great. Again, confusing. Was that the set that the- yes, but again, at least he had the region. Hey, I'm sure a lot um, of people in Israel would like to not be considered part of the Middle East. Right, and so this was after his meeting with the Pope, he said, trying hard for, all caps, peace, doing well. Um, <laughs> heading to Vatican and Pope. <laughs> heading to Vatican and, and Pope. Pope. And Pope. So. <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, it's not even 140 characters. You could have said the Pope. Yeah, yeah you're right. Nitpicking. You're right. Doesn't the Pope uh, have, a, have a Twitter account? Oh, I'm he sure he does. At Matthew. He, he didn't, no, he didn't tweet at him. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so one of the sad things about the Pope visit today, or the Trump visit with Pope today, is that did you hear Spicer didn't get a chance to get in? Aww. So Spicer, who is is a cat, he's a Catholic, and was apparently of all the entourage the most excited. Yeah. And didn't make it. Does that seem like a... That's what people are saying. And they asked somebody within the administration, is this a snub? Should we read more into this? And they said, yes. Uh, because he was apparently like, almost like a child excited to meet the Pope. Wow. And so the family gets in. Uh, you know, Ivanka and Jared, uh, Tillerson. Oh, Trump's bodyguard, the one guy who's around all the time, gets yeah. in. Uh, and Spicer not. So, I mean, doesn't that just illustrate to you that he has no understanding of the importance of religion in people's lives, right? Like, he's not... I don't know why the right embraces him. The conservative... The Christian right embraces him the way they do. It's just yeah. like done with Spicer. I don't I, even know if it has to do with that. Or like anything. He's persona non grata at this point. And anybody who's fought for Trump more than Spicer, right? I mean, he's out there every day defending this. Right. And the one thing, apparently, he was super excited about was meeting the Pope... And sorry, sorry, spicy. Nope. I mean, no pope for you. I do sometimes uh, feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. You gotta like he just. But looks then so other sad guys like now. you signed up for this. Yeah, but no one put a gun to your head. Who knew it was gonna be this crazy? You should have known yeah. that it was gonna be this crazy. You had all of campaign season to know how crazy he is. One other interesting contrast with the meeting with the Pope today. So Trump shows up in the the caravan of SUVs, you know, all of that, and they come out, and the Pope shows up in a Ford Focus by himself. Yep. <laughs> Walks in the Did side door. Did he drive it himself? Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, I love this Pope. Uh, it is, I'm not I, Catholic, but I love it. I'm the same great. way. I'm not Catholic either, but the, this Pope is great. Yeah. So, yeah. Long live the Pope. Yeah. Horrible. Um... <laughs> Kind of thing Should we talk man, uh, the Manchester text? Yeah, I mean, word, word on, on the international level, we might as well. Yeah. Um, so, when was that? Was that... What day was, was that? It Monday, right? Monday? Was it Monday or Tuesday? And I'm losing no, track was, of... today's Wednesday, so it was Monday. It was Monday. Monday. Uh, yeah, attack at a uh, concert. Ariana Grande concert, yes. no less. Uh, 22 casualties, 60-some uh, injured. Uh, many suicide bomber. Yeah, suicide bomber. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're questioning whether if we. I read today whether he was a mule for someone else carrying someone else's bomb. Right. So did he make it or is it? And there was the last report that I heard was that British intelligence is saying there is almost no doubt that 
he did not act alone. This is part yeah. of some sort of network. Yeah. They've arrested a handful of others in Britain, apparently also in Libya. His brother. His brother was in mm-hmm. Libya. Mm-hmm. They were thinking he was going to carry out an attack. Mm-hmm. ISIS has claimed responsibility for it. Which they do. Regardless Which of... They do, although it... I guess this is just the reality that we've entered, but I, I do think if, if there is some connection with ISIS, we need to realize that they're getting better, right? They are getting better at carrying out Al-Qaeda-like attacks. Well, this is the thing. Like, you have all these people that they um, claim are somehow related or influenced by them, and they have official Twitter accounts, they have a digital magazine, and, like, I I don't understand how those methods of communication don't get banned, but people who offend people in this country somehow get banned for their political point of view. I think it's a numbers game, right? So I, I, Twitter, I do believe, is trying to cut back and cut down on them. But it's like thou- we're talking like th- like thirty thousand accounts that ISIS has, and so when you shut some down, they open up another one. It's like cutting the head off a snake and three more come out. Yeah, they are. You should at this point, especially now, you should have a task force devoted to nothing else but hunting ISIS, these things. Down. The ISIS task force. I, I mean, hunting any of these. Sort Jared of. would be in charge of it. Yes, oh, of course Jared. he would be. He needs to be in charge of everything. It, 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 does, it suggests that ISIS has evolved. It used to be that ISIS was just concerned about creating the caliphate in Iraq and Syria. That was their goal. They were not Al-Qaeda in terms of a global reach, but now they do. And But it's not, it's not even that. I, I, I think there is a, a big question of whether or not these people actually have have any relation to the organization. What, if they All they have to do is say that... They have they're inspired. Fought, they're inspired yeah. by us, and it's because of them, and, and that's it. They don't have to do anything. So else. essentially, anyone who's Muslim commits a terror attack. That they ISIS, claim, yeah, ISIS can. ISIS can. Right, and there were. Yeah. But I will say to that, there have been a number of these like lone wolf ISIS-inspired attacks. Mm-hmm. That after the after the fact, they've done more digging, and there are connections to ISIS. So I do. Th- oh yeah, I'm not saying it's it's not happening right and so it's i think we it's care we have to be careful not to say that it's all just like inspiring individuals no they, they do no have a yeah, yeah, reach. yeah yeah uh, i'm not i'm not saying and that may not 100%. be the case here it may be that they uh this is somebody who is just well he had yeah. just come back here he was in libya, libya. not that yeah. long ago his parents are in libya to, yeah they live in tripoli i think he was in syria too yeah did i read mm-hmm. that right which he had taken the trip and i mean his parents are saying no right this like it's not him, yeah. right? They're saying it's not him. Which has he come home yet? <laughs> like, right. I'm sure it was him. Right. How did they identify him? Uh, that I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, there's got to be some mechanism there's for always that. Some yeah. sort of part or piece of a ID or something. Mm-hmm. That they... Yeah, uh, I heard Aria Grande uh, canceled all of her shows. Ariana. Now. Ariana, sorry, Ariana. sorry. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Um, which yeah. is how do we? You seem to know Wait. much about her. Especially <laughs> you know how to pronounce how do you her feel name. About Ariana Grande. <laughs> yeah. Beyond her name. Yeah. I mean, Are you glad that she's safe? Uh, I mean, <laughs> sure. I don't know. I don't know what you want me to so, say. Should, like, do... like, uh, I think when this happens. The, so CNN had like a list of here are the top things that are going on today. Ariana Grande postpones her concert yeah. and she is very sad. Is that the top thing? How yeah. Ariana Grande feels about the terror attack? Is that the top thing? I'm gonna try it sh- the summer. It shouldn't be. Yeah. Um... Is that the top thing? Is that the most important thing? I don't know. I mean, yes, it's great. Like she tweeted and all the news. Like all, all like my Twitter feed is full of reactions to Ariana Grande's tweet. 
which <laughs> is important news. I mean, yeah. I mean, beyond that, I don't have any thoughts about it. It was a concert. It doesn't matter who it was. Well, and it does seem, I, I can't decide, it feels like this is the new normal, right? And so, Which is disgusting that we've gotten to this point. And, and, and yeah. the, the French president is saying that this is just part of the way that things are now. I, like, I, it's, it's insane. It, it is, but it is, that's just the reality, right? I <laughs> saved by Shauna. Almost a party. <laughs> Almost, <now. laughs> You know, and there are, there are going to be, I think we have to accept the fact that there are going to be more attacks. We, uh, and, in, in, I think more so in Europe than in the United States. Obviously. But the reality is, like, terrorism is still a, a relatively insignificant threat day-to-day to the individual. You know, your, your chance of dying with an armed toddler is significantly higher than a terrorist attack. It just fine. doesn't feel that way. But it's, it's, it has, since 9-11, it has fundamentally changed the way that yeah. our government and our societies operate on a daily basis, has it not? Absolutely. And I, I think it's going to be important to see how Trump responds to this. Um, yeah. I, I Other than calling them losers. Okay. Well, they yes. are losers. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, not, not just once, like multiple times. What did you say, like Sean? Four that he times was, in the speech. He was going to call them... Monsters. This, oh, yeah. They're not monsters. They like that word. We're yeah. not going to call they them They like monsters. being called monsters. Right. This feels like Sesame Street, right? They, they like monsters. They're losers. Yes. Um... My, my class I'm so glad I could come here with my friends. These are a bunch of losers. It's right. like middle school president. What a bunch of losers, these terrorists. Um, but beyond calling them losers, whether the United States responds in any way, I, I, I don't know, in terms of uh, ramping up the movement against ISIS, I, I don't know. I, I don't expect anything there. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I wonder when there's going to be some sort of turning point with this because it's, in my view, it's completely out of control at this point. ISIS is. Yeah, I, I ISIS mean, is out of control. ISIS is out Nick of Nick McGuire is on the record. Yes. You can quote me on that. <laughs> Seems um, controversial. I don't know if I'm that. <laughs> no, realistically, what's out of control is the lack of, of domestic response on the part of especially European nations to this. It's. When they're saying, literally, one of the first things that I read about this, when they did identify who this person was, was that British intelligence had been aware of him. They knew that he posed some sort of possible threat. So, I'm not... And people who think that, you know, when you talk about um, domestic civil rights and, and, uh, and whatnot, that the fight against terrorism or war against terrorism or whatever the hell you want to call it has um you know infringed on people's rights the fight on losers fucking ridiculous the i mean realistically unless they're going door to door when anybody is put on one of these lists for no reason they're not infringing on your rights at this point i do think that and when this hold on i'm not done all right all right (laughs) half of all british muslims think homosexual homosexuality should be illegal 66% 66% said that they wouldn't uh, um, report someone that they knew, a fellow Muslim, if they were associated with ISIS or the Islamic, whatever you yeah. want to call it, Islamic State or something. Like, there's there's a problem. Like, it's there, there's some sort of problem that we're not getting to the root of right now. Well, I think you know, we have to be careful. There is a ISIS is certainly a problem, and its ideology and its group and its influence certainly, absolutely. But you, I am still a believer. You have to keep that separate from Islam, right? There are there are there are differences there, 
And the danger of conflating those two, I think, is worse than, you know, over overcompensating. Uh, yeah, I, like, and I, I'm not saying it should go swing to the yeah. far other end of that spectrum. But something more needs to be done at this point. You can't more just go... profiling? Um... I'm gonna leave that one because I mean, right? There's there's the idea you could profile, you could build great bigger walls, but the problem is that these the, most of the attacks within Europe and and within the United States are coming from domestic individuals who've been radicalized, right? So it's sure it's hard to address that in terms of you know building walls and, and stopping. I, and immigrants realistically, and, when you get down to the core of it, it's not because of Islam or because you're a Muslim. It's because of a warped ideology right. of Radicalism. people that yeah. feel marginalized and don't you know, think they have a say in their own lives and feel like they're being persecuted so and whatnot. So don't you think that potentially um, profiling people might make them feel even more marginalized? Yes, that's possibly true. But yeah. when you have people that are, you know, killing children at a concert, yeah, sorry. I mean, I just, I, my, my position on this is exactly what Bill said. And, like, I'm a big fan of Bill Maher. I like to watch his show. Mm -hmm. And he gets in arguments about this every time because he is more in line with what you're saying mm -hmm. that we need to be like fuck Islam right basically like like I mean he's anti-religion altogether but like this is coming from the religion and it's a extreme part of the religion but it's coming from the religion nonetheless and we should be like trying to we should be talking about radical Islamic terrorism whatever I think we're losing sight of, I don't know, like, the Crusades and, like, the shitty things that Christians have done in the name of religion. And that if that was happening... No. If that was happening right now, there would be huge uproar about painting all of Christianity with a broad stroke when it's only this small part of the religion that is engaging in this type of behavior. And would we want all Christians to be profiled? Absolutely not. We would not. It's easy. I don't think, I think we would easy. have that response in this country. I think it's easy for us to say this because we're not Muslim. And the the reaction is, the problem is like ISIS is a relatively, I mean, a, a tiny, tiny fraction, a, a minuscule fraction of Muslims. Yes. But their impact is broad, right? right? And so it creates this impression uh, that that is hard to counter, right? Because it's easy to fall into this argument to say, like, it's it's all of Islam that's doing this when it clearly, clearly isn't. No. Um, so what's the solution then? How do we stop things like this from happening? Well, first of all, I think you see solutions happening in DuPage County, right? So I do work in the community, and one of the things that the group I work with is doing, I work with DuPage United, they are trying to build solidarity between people who are Muslim and people who have other faiths by just having events where people talk to each other. You just talk to each other. But there are Muslims in this community who do not want the discrimination of you're Muslim so you're a terrorist, or you might be. So what you're describing happening in England, I don't know if that's happening here in terms of like wanting to hide people who are affiliated with ISIS or ISIL or IS or whatever. But I think you see people here who don't, they don't want that. They reject it and they want their community to know that they reject it because they don't want to be associated with that. So you see in DuPage County, lots of, um, not parishes, um, mosques? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Who are actively fighting against that label sure. and want to have a good relationship with the community and want to have a good relationship with the police. So I think mm -hmm. it happens, and I think mm -hmm. it's not going to come from the national level. You have to build it at the community level. You have to You have to break down those barriers so that they feel more comfortable. Maybe Muslims in England don't feel comfortable 
talking to anybody about their people. I mean, there's a, like, racial, ethnic identity, religious identity has a real power. If your group is being um, targeted in some way, you might be less likely to, to like... Do you want to maintain the solidarity within the group? I don't know. Does that make sense? I think it, yeah. I, I think this it's a really important point, and I think there's a distinction between how states integrate different religious populations. And you think about the difference between you could talk about France, and I think you could also talk about uh, Great Britain in terms of how welcoming those Muslims commun- communities feel versus the United States. Like for the most part, the United States has integrated. Uh, not a fan of that one, huh? No, it's not like a beer. <laughs> Sorry, it doesn't like a beer. That's okay. How to let you know. Well, you know, within the United States, there's broad support for the government. Within the, I mean, the Muslim community feels integrated, and, and there have been way fewer attacks compared to Great Britain well, and France. I, so I, I, but I do. Th- I think that's important to think about the way in which those populations feel a part of the system and are more likely to identify individuals who are going to cause trouble mm-hmm. versus in France... Uh, where there is a sense of alienation and distrust of the community, and so it's it's not entirely surprising. Well, there are significantly larger populations in those countries too. They're also living in a capita. government that doesn't want them to wear burqas. Right, right. I think right. that matters too in terms of how the government responds to them. I mean, you know? I think like as as much as as much as I think religious freedom in the United States gets abused, I think that that could be one of the like at the so there yeah. are national, obviously federal factors that matter. I think the national climate. In terms of religion in France, it's very different. The United so States. secular, yeah. and that can be really oppressive. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's. I, I mean, is it is it? I I I understand the concept of that they would think it's oppressive, but I mean that's that's just the like. At what point do you accommodate? Where's the breaking everybody? point for for accommodation mm-hmm. at that point? I mean, that's just kind of how it's naturally become in in especially france it's a relatively secular society that doesn't really not necessarily have any need for it that's just not who they are at this point an interesting comparison if you go to the middle east like there's very little accommodation for extremism so when you you know you think about saudi arabia yeah, they chop people's hands off right but i mean that's that's an intense that's targeting like the of very that group. definition yeah. of little accommodation i was you know it was a, i guess it was two years ago we took a group of students to abu dhabi and i was shocked the degree to which the uh emiratis that we talked to in the area they, i mean they they loathed ISIS. They loathed right. Al-Qaeda. I mean, that sense of anger and frustration that, you know, this is this group that's marring our religion, and uh, so I, I don't... To, to go all the way back to your question, Nick, I don't know how... I don't know how you confront it. Um, that's not really the answer no, that I wanted, Bill. No, I wanted I, to solve this now. I mean, I, I think you continue... <laughs> you, you realize that ISIS is in Iraq and Syria. You continue to pound that that organization. You make it difficult. I mean, what we did to Al-Qaeda was we just bombed and droned them until they were on the run, you know, there's all sorts of ethical challenges there, but it was effective in reducing that organization's ability to cause harm. I'm guessing we will do a similar thing. You know, we will, we'll, you know, Trump and Putin will come together, hold hands to bomb ISIS. That's the thing, and we, we had just talked about this. I, I think that ISIS was, or is, and, and to some extent was, a, a more... Um, yeah. It was a, uh, it was a stand, not a standing army, but it was a, a recognizable enemy that was taking territory and had troops and you know artillery and things like that, and yeah. they were controlling significant amounts of, of area in the Middle East. Yeah. 
Syria, Iraq, whatever you're talking about. Whatever. You can destroy that relatively easily. But going back to my original point is when they are now taking responsibility or um, saying that they're somehow intertwined with all of these attacks that are happening, whether or not they are, that's even more difficult than Al-Qaeda was. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Al-Qaeda was... You can say it was an ideology, but it was a, a, a cellular network of, of different people that were, you know, communicating with each other. Right. These people don't necessarily have any ties to one another and at the, all. I would say the tie... Other than the ideology. Right, other exactly. Than the, ideology. the ideology, which is grounded in this uh, like old school interpretation of Islam. Right. Which has tremendous appeal, which is, I think, to build on your point, is frightening because uh, Al-Qaeda was... You know, it was it was very political. It was about striking back against Saudi Arabia, striking against the United States. Right. ISIS is is appealing to this you know, throwback understanding of the Quran and Islam, and that is much more seductive than than a political dynamic. I, I, I you you can't bomb that or drone that into submission. That just won't happen. But you also can't like racially profile that mm-hmm. into submission. There's no, you can't do it in the submission. Slope. But because no, by doing but, that, you feed into this yes, clash of civilization you're cre- you're dynamic. You're just going to yeah. recreate. You're reifying. You're reifying the label. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're every time you racially profile, you're creating the possibility that somebody will say, you know what, fuck these people. Yeah. ISIS has it right. Why am I not with them? Mm-hmm. Like, why am I even in the U.S.? They don't want me here. Mm-hmm. They don't believe in what I believe in. They don't allow me to believe what I believe. They want to profile me. They think I'm a terrorist. I might as well be a terrorist. Mm-hmm. Okay, so not necessarily saying this. This is somehow related. Um, Israel mm-hmm. and their uh, construction and deployment of their wall system. Yes. So the number of suicide bombings in Israel has gone down to just about zero at this point since the construction and completion of that wall. And realistically... Um, they, even with the construction of that wall, they take great care to, one of the things that I heard was they, there's, um, uh, what was it? Something along the lines of Palestinians and, and Muslims don't, they use dogs to sniff out um, explosives, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. So the Israelis uh, will use those dogs, but the Muslims don't necessarily want the dogs around because it has... Some something to, I I don't remember what the specific, um, mm-hmm. whatever cultural some yeah, sort of constraint yeah. Uh, so they have the dogs in a separate location. They'll um, use some sort of vacuum system to like wand the people that are coming into Israel uh, to a room where the dogs are uh, to sniff out explosives. Like it's this comprehensive. Well, you don't think it's profiling, and you think that they're you know, trying to be accommodating, they're clear, they know where the problem is oh, coming is, from. Israel is profiling, right? right. They, I mean, whether whether it's it's traffic through the wall... But it's the, worked. It's worked, but it's worked. I mean, to think about... So Israel's a, a really in the, unique in, case. In the, the immediacy of stopping, you know, yeah, imminent right. suicide bombings and suicide whatever. Suicide bombings by Palestinians? Whatnot. What do you mean? Yeah. Like, that's what you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Reducing... Because they're also... They have also been bombing the shit out of Palestine. 
Like, right. it's not one-way bombing happening. Oh, it's no, not like I'm not saying Israel that Israel is the total victim of bomb violence and perpetrates nothing. Oh, no, I'm not saying that either. But their side of the coin has worked for them. But the, the, So the, I think it's unique because Israel is a relatively tiny place. Yeah. And they can manage to control the borders like that. Although I would say, like, those walls and those borders have major impact, economic impact on the yes, Palestinian yes, territories. Yes, yes, like, those are... Those are problematic, and I think you know not not something that we could even think about in the United States. No. But moreover, when you think about the the uh, flight traffic that goes in and out of Israel, it, there's open profiling. It's not of course it, it's nothing like the United States, and so you can't do that to scale. Nor do I think you would morally no. want to. And do I'm not that. saying yeah. you should do that to scale. I'm saying they're they they saw the problem and they did something, whether you agree with it or not. Yeah. It did but stop the immediate a, threat. That's a particular set of circumstances where they knew exactly where the bombs were coming from, right? Like, there isn't that analogy with ISIS. You just can't predict where they're going to go or mm. where, who and where yeah. it, that ideology is going to be picked up and sure. where it's going to be used, right? It's, like, mm. yeah. the conflict between Israel and Palestine is so much more localized. Agreed. The, the, I don't, like, I mean, I have thoughts about Israel that are probably maybe controversial, but... That wall works for them. That's not the solution. Like, oh, no, how I'm not do saying you, it's like, the solution. How, I mean, and the threat they face is distinct from. I mean, I would say the threat that Israel faces. Now, I tend to disagree with how they solve. They try to address that problem, mm-hmm. but it's it's an immediate threat, and right. the United States doesn't face that face that same threat. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as we know. Yeah. No, you look at numbers. If you look at a decade of, of casualties and deaths in the United States, it's, it, terrorism is a relatively low, low threat. It feels terrible because when something like Manchester happens, we freak out and we say we've got to stop this. But, I mean, you know, gun violence in the United States is, you know, terrible, car violence, you know, cancer, all those things, toddlers with weapons, right? The, a much more significant threat. Uh, lawnmowers, falling off donkeys, all of these things, right? Donkeys? I don't know about the donkey one, but everything else is legit. It's always some idiot that's going to fall down the Grand Canyon. When you said donkey. lawnmowers, I thought pulling the lawnmower back over you, and yes. that's it. Yes. Yeah. No, that's... I think more people die from lawnmowers every year than terrorism. Nobody who's listening, look it up, because I'm not certain on that one. <laughs> You're going to get tweeted at. That's right, yes. But the lawnmower doesn't have an ideology that you know can influence other lawnmowers. That's, that's true. true. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah, not we're, an I, we're not in an iRobot, <laughs> iLawnmower situation. That's right. <laughs> But to bring it back to Manchester, right? So yeah. now they've upped the threat level. Now they have right. troops, at, like police yes. officers, right, all over the city. And what is it called? Operation. Um, oh, it was something very British. Yeah. Yeah. It was very British. Operation Temper. Tem- Temper. Temper. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know the other other political dynamic of this. Theresa May, the Prime Minister, uh, who is up for election soon, and was having a couple bad weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this will play in her favor. It always does, right? Yeah. Uh, because she was she's tough on terrorism. Uh, she's a Tory, so I mean, this I think this will solidify her. I, I think she was going to be fine anyhow, uh, but this this will play into her constituency. Yeah. What do they say about like uh, a national like like the nation need? When does the nation need a mommy, and when does the nation need a daddy? So like when? Oh. What, do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. So like when people don't have jobs. They need like a like a mommy to take care of them, and when like the nation is facing like terrorism, they like they need a daddy to. It's a they very, need like, both, right? It's a very like Oedipal, like yeah. it's a very like um, uh, Freudian sort yes. of thing. But right, like maybe this works for her because she can be both the mommy and the dad. She can be tough. You need a Margaret Thatcher, right? That's what you woman, need, yes, right? Like right. so, she's a woman. Obviously, she's nurturing. Good for her, right? Yeah. She can play both roles. <laughs> yes, yes, um, yes. No, I I think it'll be interesting. <clears throat> 
<clears throat> to see what happens after this. Um, Absolutely, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird, weird time for for Europe. I I don't know where it'll go. I don't want to see it go somewhere that's repressive and totalitarian. But I think those elements, if you want to talk about a difference between us and them, I think there is a much higher degree of possibility that there's significant backlash in in Europe that we wouldn't see here. I think you're right. In Europe, there's that potential. I don't think in the United States. It hasn't... If there were an attack in the United States, then I think you're right. Then the, that conversation. I don't conversation. even know. Uh, yeah. like, that's the thing. The Paris attacks. The, this, but it's, they, yeah. I, I. It seems to be coming more readily in a lot of of different places and different mediums that they're mm-hmm. using to accomplish their goal. So, yeah. I don't know where that breaking point is, but it'll be interesting over the next few months to see. We're like what forty five minutes in. We're like forty five minutes. Should in. we talk beers? Yeah, probably. All right. Yeah. Guess drink yours. Guess usually I go first. I have two beers. Yes. Because, all right, so I had the Revolution Sun Crusher. It was delicious and hoppy and summery, um, and I have had it before, and I just always enjoy seeing a new beer from Revolution to see what they're going to call it. Fist City might be my favorite name of a beer. <laughs> yes. That's not it. Uh, and then I opened this Summer Love Ale, which tastes slightly of feet, but perhaps... Of I'm, feet? A little bit. I might drink it. I don't know. So it's sitting here mostly full. And Bill was nice enough to provide me with Beguile Brewing Company, B-E-G-Y-L-E, Blonde. It was Beguile. That's Beguile, was. okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. My uh-huh. eyes are so good, I can't. Okay. It's a blonde Beagle? ale, Beguile, mm-hmm. as in, you're so beguiling. Oh, you know, he was saying it was Beagle earlier. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, think, I think I need glasses. <laughs> this is a repetitive Brewing thing. Brewing in Chicago, though. I did yeah. not know that. So, mm-hmm. a good Chicago beer. beer. So yeah. Tasty, huh? Delicious, yeah. Maybe we have to get them as a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> All right, I, I went back to uh, another Buckle Down Brewery. Um, I just, I, I don't know, we, we, we got to talk to them. because Where's Buckle Down? Uh, it's in line, so it's close by. Um, and, stuff is good. Yeah, it is. Everything we've had is fantastic. Mm. So this is this is the first one for me that I've had. Uh, a Painted Turtle uh, Pale Ale. Hmm. And it was, it was very good. I liked it. Um, <laughs> it was hoppy in a summery kind of way. So hmm. it was a hoppy beer that you could drink after mowing the lawn. And getting killed by your lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, that's right, my lawnmower. You're, 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 you're radicalized lawnmower. Yes, <laughs> I like radicalized lawnmower. And then my second beer, and I know Nikki always said I'm going to try something new, but I, this was in the cooler. No, that's a good one. A Lagunitas, 12th of Never. Phil had it last week, so... Oh, uh, I had that one before. Yeah, oh, this is a fantastic is beer. Is it happy? What is it? It is... I don't, I'm trying to... How it's a pale ale. It's a pale ale, but okay. it is just, like, it's, it's just perfect. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, it is really a wonderful beer, and... Um, very drinkable, and happy birthday, Phil. <laughs> it's the mama bear of beers. It is. Yeah. Although I don't know if they would like that, but yes. <laughs> um, I started with a World's End New World IPA from Emmett's Brewing Company, which is out of somewhere. Oh, it's in Chicago, too. Yeah. No, Palatine. Oh, it's even... Close enough. Yeah, close enough. Um had a uh, kind of a, a citrusy light kind of taste to it honestly a really good summery beer um not overly hoppy which i always appreciate um yeah highly recommend um citrus zest and something 
So the pulp, the pulp and the beer didn't bother you? I didn't even uh, notice it, because I clearly drank it and, and <laughs> didn't right care. Here. It was a really, yeah. that was the maybe the strangest looking beer I've seen in a long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it's, good, though. I was a little curious. I'm, I'm still waiting to see if I'm going to get sick. Maybe I can call for it. <laughs> um, second one that I'm having now is a Traveling Light Kolsch from Left Hand Brewing um, out of Colorado. Great brewery. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty good. Like a, um, hold on. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a better kind of standard light, light beer. beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a better um, Miller Lite? A better Miller Lite. Better Miller yeah. Lite. Less peanutty taste to it. Peanutty? Don't you get like a peanut taste out of those? Is that just me? Do I just taste peanuts? It's more of a water taste. Yeah. There's that too. Maybe you're yeah, drinking it at a baseball game. Yeah, well, I like left hand. Their milk stout is. Their milk that, stout is that delicious. is the best. The nitro yeah. milk stout, yeah. one of my so favorite beers. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, We're good. Um, yeah, liked it a lot. We'll see what the third one is. Yeah. But, okay. Um, can we can we talk stupid Watergate, yeah, please? Fine. All right. It's just lazy. <laughs> It's not lazy. It's lazy. interesting. There's stuff that's happened. All right. So John Oliver called. No, I'm saying no. I'm not saying yeah. we shouldn't discuss it. Just the. No, you don't like the name stupid Watergate. We can we can talk we can call it Trump Russia Comey but stupid Watergate is better because it is intriguing as Watergate but as John Oliver says it's done by stupid people so <laughs> all right so there's a fair amount of news that broke this week including uh, former CIA CIA director John Brennan testified uh, suggesting or openly stating that he saw connections between. Uh, Russia and the Trump administration, I'm sorry, Trump campaign. Uh, He didn't go so far to say there was collusion. He said that's not his job, that that is the job of the FBI. But he said he was very, very concerned that either uh, wittingly or unwittingly, Russia had made connections within the United States. There was more Michael Flynn news. Um, Can we go back to the Brennan thing? Yeah. All right, what is the significance of his testimony? Because... The Washington Times, for example, yeah. called his testimony a big nothing burger. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then... Nothing burger? A, a big nothing burger. Yeah. Quote. The Washington Post, in an, somebody had written in an op-ed that it was explosive. Yeah. I think it depends on how important collusion is. So in the actual testimony, Republicans were kept hitting, do you have evidence of collusion? Right. So this is what the right is doing. Do yes. you have evidence? Right. Evidence of collusion. Not not that Russia intervened. Everybody accepts that. And that there was some connection, right? So there, there clearly Russia intervened in the presidential election. It's continuing to intervene and, and is high, apparently targeting the 2018 uh, midterm elections as well. Right. But this question of whether there's collusion. So the Times look at the Washington Times says, no collusion, no story. Right. Uh, I don't you think as I mean a conservative a Republican should be concerned about this even if there's Why? no evidence of collusion yet or even if there's no evidence of collusion at all. Why? Yeah, seriously, why? Why? What will happen? What will happen? Russia intervened. Yeah, but who cares if nothing happens? If there's no evidence of collusion, Trump can't, like, what's going right. to happen? Nothing. Who will be right. held accountable? Nobody. So I've been saying, damn it. affects them not at all. <laughs> where am I? Where, where am I? <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I, because I, if you if you don't have any evidence, you're what right. is going to happen? Nothing right. will happen. Nothing will happen. Right. I, I don't know what to say. Here, okay. <laughs> I will say things. Um, <laughs> we did it. I, okay. Let's, let's say, let's say there is nothing to collusion. 
that there was no like let's say there was no effort to wittingly uh, by the Trump uh, campaign to support Russian efforts, right? Maybe there were connections, there were conversations, but there was no real collusion there. This is still a huge story Why? for a reasonable person. Russia who is not towing a party line, who is not supporting a president in their party. That Russia intervened <laughs> in the presidential elections and had some success at that and attempted to influence a campaign. I think we can say that. I think the evidence is there. They have tried to influence a campaign. They've tried to reach out to individuals within a campaign. I would think Republicans who elections are, like, they're sacred. This is something that they should push back on significantly. Yeah, if it was a Democrat, they would. I, nobody's going to give two flying fucks unless there's legitimate evidence that comes out of this pipeline. Of collusion. Well, because I think right. here it is. Like, the way that you just framed it is exactly... This is not what John McCain would say. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Can't I mean, my friends after. I, I think the way that you framed it sort of highlights the issue that Russia did this, and Russia did this, and mm-hmm. Russia did this, that Russia is the... Is the no the independent variable? Is yes. <laughs> Russia <laughs> Russia is the agent, not to like yeah. get too spyish, right? Yeah. But like mm-hmm. Russia is do is the doer right. and we are on the receiving end of that. And if you can't paint somebody as in the Trump campaign as actively reaching out, then how can you prosecute passivity? More importantly than that, what's the end game in this? like do you do you think you're going to find any evidence that directly links Trump, Trump. Right. to any What's of this? What's his culpability? How do you prove it? Right. My guess, and again, this is all speculation. Everybody's going to fall on the sword before he does. I, I think it's likely, I said this off air, I think it's likely that Michael Flynn is going to do some jail time. I think his there's too many connections with Russia, with Turkey. They've got him. I mean, they got him legitimately. What crimes is... But, like, honestly, this is an honest question. Yeah. What, what are the crimes? So, he, when he had to present... He had a... For the intelligence, when he was brought back in, uh, he basically lied on that form. So, he didn't disclose that he had received money from Russia, RT. Uh, he hadn't disclosed that he had received, you know, lots and lots of money from Turkey. So, like... You know, he was working as a foreign agent, definitely for Turkey, not so much for Russia, but nevertheless, those What's are... What's the crime, though? Is that do you have to? Oh, yeah, you, uh... No, it's the reporting. It's an administrative crime. You have yeah, to report that. You have that. to report that you're technically okay. a okay. foreign Although, agent. Although, I will say, with the stuff with Turkey, Republicans behind the scenes have apparently been saying this is treasonous, because... Of, and I'll give oh, you a couple examples. Oh, because of the thing where they... They were gonna attack, bomb something. I, they were gonna attack ISIS. Mm-hmm. So ten days before Trump was inaugurated, uh, the Obama administration came to the Trump administration and said, "We would like to carry out this attack on Raqqa. We believe this is an important thing to do on, you know, attack ISIS." And Flynn led the campaign to say no, because they were gonna use Kurdish forces. And so Turkey mm-hmm. had said, "We don't want this done." Sure. And. Trump was still on the payroll of Turkey at that point. Now, it could have been that... Trump that, or Flynn? I'm sorry, Flynn. Jeez, mm-hmm. too many people. Flynn was still on the payroll. So it could have been that Flynn was making an independent decision, independent decision. but man, that reeks of treason. Yeah. He also wrote an op-ed for the New York Times going after uh, this, basically this individual in, in Pennsylvania who Erdogan, the president of Turkey, thinks has been a, you know, supporting a coup. So there's enough where that would be different than basically lying on forms and gravitating to treason. So 
I, I think you want this, and I'll take that. Jason, <laughs> they're talking okay. beards. Sorry, no, I'm hearing. I think, you're hearing I think Flynn. I also think Manafort. Both of it, which could legitimately do some jail time, even if that doesn't reach to Trump. This is a huge, huge story. Yeah, but Russian really intervention. I'm with Nick though. So what? No, no like if matter. it doesn't, it's important, it's important to catch, you. No. Yeah. So can we go back? Okay, so this is there's so much comparison to Nixon, right? Mm-hmm. So what was the thing that Nixon was ultimately obstruction of justice? Eating okay, the Jews. so that's the thing. <laughs> yes. What did oh. you say? Hating <laughs> the Jews. Oh, God. No, I, I got that too, right? You got the obstruction. So Obs- tell me, Trump. Okay, now we're talking Trump, right? So uh, this this oh, was I don't know what week. I guess it was this week. It was revealed that in meeting with the Russians, Trump says. Oh yeah, I fired that nut job yeah, right, Comey. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because there was pressure. This is classic obstruction of justice. This is him saying this guy was putting some heat on me. I'll fire him. Uh, he didn't say that. He just called him a nut job. Right. 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 Oh. It, it takes the pressure off the Russia stuff, is what he said. Right. right. I got but the quote. Bill, Nick. here's what you have to rely on. Yeah. That Republicans will interpret that as obstruction of justice, and are they going to do that? Republicans All right, we'll never. Republicans hate obstruction of justice. It was, I mean, do they was, hate it? Do they hate it more than having control of? But they will every still have control. Government? But they will still have control. It, it goes all matter. the way down to freaking Orrin Hatch. It doesn't like, matter. It's a ding. It's a ding on their record. They're not gonna let that happen. I don't know, Nick. All right, let me read the quote. So Trump said, uh, Trump said to uh, uh, Lavrov and Kislyak. Quote, I just fired the head of the FBI. He was crazy. A real nut job. I faced great pressure because of Russia. That's taken off. I'm not under investigation. He says that after everything, right? <laughs> so there was that. So there's that comment. Additionally, apparently, he also put pressure on the director of national intelligence and uh, the NSA to say, hey, would you go out there and publicly say that there was no collusion between my administration and Russia? Also, allegedly. No, no, he did. What do you mean? It's allegedly. Are you a Trump fan? <laughs> no, I'm just, no. And this is the thing. Like, You're just playing devil's advocate. No, it's not even devil's advocate. You can, you know, have all these reports and sources and anonymous people that say all this shit until you have hard ev- evidence of any of this. Right. I agree Nothing with that. is going to happen. How so did, let's temper your expectations. How out. did Republicans feel? I mean, it was was it a different political climate? Like, how did who was in control of? Congress when Nixon I don't know any of this stuff. Democrats were. Yeah. So, so it was partisan okay, there. Great. Uh, same thing with Clinton, right? You had Republican. Republicans. Yeah, so uh, right. So there's there's a different dynamic there, and I, I do think if I this think that is like what makes all the difference. Oh, absolutely. If if, if Hillary Clinton was doing this, <laughs> Republicans would certainly be. Of course. Yeah. Okay. All right. We she agree that. Should be like hanging on the lawn of the White House. Now I, I I do I think I do agree with you. Uh, and on this, Nick, that I don't think there's evidence at this point of collusion, right? There's, a, I think you still need to look, and this is a major story, and I think yes. Republicans should be pushing for this, or at least supporting that effort. Um, but there's enough there where I want to see more of it, and it may not reach to Trump. I think it's probably likely that it won't. No. It'll be Manafort and Carter Page and... You know, Flynn and some of these other guys. Maybe Jared. Maybe Jared. Maybe Jared. You wanted to talk Jared. Jared, the the slumlord who is described by his um, tenants as being, hold on, I gotta find it. He's described by his tenants as being neglectful and litigious. He owns a bunch of uh, properties (laughs) in Baltimore and he is suing 500, there are 500, his company. So right now he is a... 
like shareholder. Mm-hmm. But he no, that's my no. I made him drink it. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh, you're Nick's drinking the I made beer. Him yeah. Drink the foot beer. Oh, it's not okay. bad though, right? It's not that bad. All right. Okay. All right. But it's watermelon, and I like it better. Anyway, <laughs> so Jared Kushner was, like, involved. It's like JK2 is the subsidiary of Kushner something or other. Anyway, so he was involved when the properties were purchased in 2012 or something in 2012 when this was all happening. Okay. Now he's a shareholder but not directly involved because he had to divest himself or whatever. Yeah. But apparently JK2 is the... Um, is the plaintiff in 548 cases that is against Trump-like. tenants suing them for like stupid shit, right? It, this beer smells like foot. I agree. I, I honestly didn't know this. Yeah, uh-huh, it was okay. uh-huh. minor, minor. So they were hit with lawsuits. So former tenants of properties owned by JK2 Westminster LLC is the name, and it's a subsidiary of Kushner Companies. Uh, said they were hit with lawsuits for minor bi- violations or baseless accusations for moving out. So, like, one tenant said that she had permission to move out, and then three years later she was sued. They drained her bank account. Like, they're going after these low-income tenants for stupid shit. 548 of them. Why is Jared Kushner investing in... That's a great question. Because he can't make 666 Fifth Avenue work. I don't know. So he might. So he's in trouble at low levels. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough building. Why yeah. would you buy it? Why would you buy it? That's right. my first question. Why would you buy that? So he's he's in trouble at like with a massive class action type right. thing. Mm-hmm. He's also this that we were talking before we went on air that he's potentially the one that the FBI is looking at in terms of close to Donald Trump as mm-hmm. having illicit conversations with the Russia. So do you think he's you think he's sweating this out? Totally. Yeah. Yes. It's just unlikable. Just unlikable. You know, it's how funny do you how know people he's turn. unlikable? He's never talked. I, that's the thing. I've never heard him talk. I just no. look at him and go, I don't like But you. this 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 flip though, because early on in, in the Trump administration, everybody said like they didn't like Bannon, didn't like Miller, all these guys they didn't like, but Jared and Ivanka, they were the voice of reason. They were the one that were whispering sweet democratic nothings into Trump's ear. And now like everybody's turned on those two. Yeah. 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 What was your original point? I, I just no got idea. yeah. Oh, then we should no, we should care about this stuff. This is oh, important, right? Uh, all of this. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think it's gonna reach Trump though. If we're going back to the like, who's gonna be held accountable for this? Is this really gonna change anything? I honestly don't think that it will. No, I don't. Unless they have some kind of, I think it's gonna take so much to convince Paul Ryan, right? Hmm. Well, I, that it would have to be earth shattering too. Yeah. There would have to be no. Doubt in any way, shape, or form. Like it's it's politics, okay. dude. <laughs> Here, think about this. So if if you think Michael Flynn or Paul Manafort, both of which could do some serious, I mean, think about the the Watergate investigation. A lot of people went to jail. Those two, I think, have a real high probability of going to jail. So. You yeah. have way too much faith in this I system. I think that's the end of it, though. No. Yeah. Okay. I do. You, so what will happen is the FBI will squeeze both of them, and I think they already are. Okay, but Flynn is, Flynn is he's pleading invoking the fifth, the fifth right? That, so right. he's about to be held in contempt of Congress, which is my favorite. The Congress stuff doesn't matter. It's the FBI and the Robert Mueller stuff. Like Those guys can go after him, and they can get the evidence. And so it comes down to all it takes is to say that either... You know, all Flynn has to say or all Manafort has to say is that we had conversations, that we had connections with Russia, that Trump knew that Russia was going to help us in this investigation. WikiLeaks, all, if there's one speck of evidence that reaches the Trump, 
If he says, yeah, I had a conversation with Trump saying that WikiLeaks was going to drop this information that was going to be bad on Hillary, he's done. He's done. No. I don't, I you're, don't, you're, I don't agree. You're wrong. I, I, so, you're I, right. I agree. I'm like, I hope I, as a reasonable person, agree. Yes. Yeah. I should pour that in here That's and I'll right. share my water bottle no, I'm good. Here. I, I mean, as a reason, I agree with you. Like, it's terrible. And Republicans should be upset about this. And hopefully the, whoever thought that we would be relying on John McCain, but hopefully the John McCains and the Lindsey Grahams of yeah. the world will, like, shore up the Republican anger about this. I just, I don't see Motivate it happening. Them. You know, it's, for me, what's interesting is to see that, you're right, there's not a ton of Republican anger, and I think it, it's... it's Marco Ruby is my favorite, who's like, oh, he's just maybe he Trump. said it, and maybe he didn't. Right. <laughs> he needs a vertebrae, is what he needs. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, uh, to Nick's point, they still are worried about legislation, they want to get stuff done. But the George W. Bush administration, those people who are no longer in office, they hate Trump. Yes, I And they're the it. ones, they're the ones on MSNBC, every single night, they've got a new former Bush person okay. saying like... He should go to jail, right? So, (laughs) that's the thing, though. Yeah. How many of those people went to prison? (laughs) Of the the Bush In the Bush administration. Uh, That would be zero. Okay. So, what makes you think that it's going to happen now Mm. at that level? It's different. After after weapons of mass destruction? Right. It's a it's a different ball game, right? No, um, it's not. Yeah, but that's like bombing other countries. You, Who cares it about doesn't that? Matter. Well, yeah, it you, does. Who you cares? Can, you can go to war. You can torture you people. Who cares? That's separate that's thing. thing. I I think there's more there's more incentive to do it for something like that than this wish washy administrative kind of oh, no, that's the stuff we like bullshit that nobody cares about. Okay, here's one more thing to think about because you said wishy washy and it made me think. Um, I think it's also possible that Trump maybe knew nothing about Russian collusion. Let's say there was or there wasn't, doesn't matter, but let's say Trump is separate from that. Mm-hmm. The cover-up could be worse than the crime, right? And, and Trump is stupid enough where that might play out, where um, he may not have done anything, he may not have known about any connections with Russia, but in the process of trying to obstruct justice and try to manipulate this, in, this investigation, mm-hmm. he might get himself in trouble yeah. that if he was smart enough to just say, I don't know what's going on, he would have avoided. But he can't do that because he can't not know something. Right. Yeah. So right. his own stupidity is getting in his it way. It might get in his way. He's, he I sh- think that's honestly the only chance that we have is that he just keeps talking like an idiot yeah. and and accidentally saying things he's not supposed to say. It, it depends. And Does, trying to get people to do things he wants them to do. I think that's it. He should play Reagan. He should play Reagan in the Iran-Contra affair where he says, I don't remember. I don't know what's going on. I, I'm, this is all Can very confusing. Can you ever imagine him saying anything like that? He, he says stuff like that all the time. No, he does not because if it gives him the if it gives the impression that he is like aged, forgetful, like right. he uh, like true. he's too vain for that. But he's not this week he hired a lawyer just to I deal saw with that. this. So what's the significance of that? He's worried. Uh, and this is the right thing. Although he bought his lawyer, this lawyer that he got doesn't deal with this kind of stuff. It's like his divorce lawyer. <laughs> I mean, uh, he, uh, he, he well, trusts I mean, certain people. No, the, at this point, con- he needs to lay down the cash and get a legit, yeah, like, it's the continuation of lawyer. him hiring incompetent people to do yeah, jobs true. that they're not qualified for. Um, should probably wrap up. This is this has been fun. <laughs> yeah. We didn't even talk um, about Anderson Cooper. Right? Oh, oh yeah. Finished finish with okay, Anderson. Okay, so Anderson Cooper has Jeffrey Lord on his show, and Jeffrey Lord is is defending Trump, saying, everybody, everybody else, right? So Paul Ryan is like, 
Jim Comey is not a nut job. And Chris Christie is like, Jim Comey is not a nut job. And Jeffrey Lord is like, the president can say whatever he wants, whenever he wants. And Anderson Cooper is clearly fed up. And he was like, you would support him if he took a dump on your desk or took a dump on his own desk. You'd be here <laughs> saying it's fine, you can do that. And then he had to tweet an apology for being too crass. Anderson Cooper feels like he's kind of losing his mind. His I, eye rolls. Eye roll with Kelly. He's oh my god, Kelly. Really, yeah. That was really good. Kelly and that was, was good. That was entertaining. That was no. my favorite part of the week. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. This is great, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Sean, that for was, joining us. Happy was, to do it. It's good. Happy yeah. to be here. Um, plugs. Oh. Uh, always, you know, you like us on that's Facebook. That's a thing. Yeah, oh, you, for you guys. Do you have something to plug? No, I have nothing to plug. Okay, all right. Always, you know, like us on Facebook, share us on Twitter, uh, the email. We got a couple emails this week. It was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, share it with your friends. You know, if you like the podcast, please tell other people. Yeah. Nothing from you, Sean? Nothing? I got nothing. Oh. Nothing happening. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, yeah, assuming Phil will be back next week. I, I can't Phil, go- I hope you're recovered from your birthday <laughs> by then. And we're shingles or back, back problems. Yeah. Happy um, birthday, Phil. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. All right.